Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Here we are, pilot episode, Matter of Faction podcast. Brownie. Hello, Tim. We need to set up these boundaries first. Do you want to be known as Pricey or Tim? Uh, definitely Pricey. Okay, well, we'll do that. Don't call me Paul. The only people that call me Paul are my li- is my lawyer and the police. So let's like <laughs> steer away from that. hope that's not too regular, mate. Uh, you know, once every odd occasion. Special shout out to the Gladstone Police Service for <laughs> keeping me in lock up that time. It was a, it was a big night out. Uh, but hey, we are here to talk about uh, some fantastic music. But before we get into this, you know, being the obvious first episode, we need to do some introductions. And what better way to get to know you than by you telling people about me and me telling people about you. Yeah. I hate talking about myself. I'm sure you'd be the same, right? Uh, no, I love talking about okay. myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tim Pricey Price, owner, head honcho at The Faction, Collision Course PR. You've been a fundamental aspect to heavy music in Australia for X amount of years. That's very generous. Thank Long you. over a decade, right? Uh, it's a little bit over a decade now, yeah. People who would live in Rockhampton, Central Queensland, shout out to everyone up that way, would know that you're pretty much one of the reasons why heavy music came through Rockhampton. There was a yeah, years back. did a bunch of shows there, yeah, and that was that was a really good time. There was a it was a great uh, amount of heavy music that came through the regions. Uh, as part of what I did, so I'm really proud of that, yeah. And you should be, and it's great to see that it's still thriving up there as well, too. There's Yeah, like, Polaris. Polaris. Yeah. Hell yeah. Making their announcement going Stoked through there. That. Well done, make sure you get out to go see a show. But with that said, you've moved away from the beef capital, you're now in <laughs> the capital of, um, I don't know, what's Brisbane known for? Uh, Wanting to be Melbourne, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of alleyways now with secret bars and that, just like Melbourne did. But yeah. no, Brisbane is, is, is getting great. And uh, the stuff that you've been doing with bands locally and international bands has been fantastic to witness as Thanks, someone who works in music and writes about stuff. So, you know, Thanks, you've dude. continued it from up north to now here in Brizzy. Yeah. Now, let's get to know Brownie. Uh, I first met Brownie when he was in Gladstone, so we have a central Queensland uh, connection here. You represent, yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brownie was working at a radio station Correct. up there. Uh, you know, <laughs> but what was great was, you know, I was running events up there uh, along with, uh, shout out to Truckee. Oi. And... Uh, in a regional area to get you know radio support on uh, on events like what we would what we were doing it meant a lot so and i know you bent a few rules to be able to play some of the stuff <laughs> you played up there and interview some of the bands we made you interview but you know that was your way of supporting and and i was really really stoked and and you were such a big supporter even though that particular radio station didn't necessarily play that kind of stuff or, yeah. or even necessarily get behind that kind of stuff. But you you knew that there was something to support there for the community. That's what it was for me up there. You know, it was a commercial radio station, but, you know, I wanted to see bands come through. And, you know, you brought the likes of Dead Letter Circus, Getaway Plan, DZ Death Rays, yeah. all of which at some point may have been given a spin on commercial radio, but not until, like, you know, late nights or mm. in the Australian shows and things like that. So technically we played them on the station, just not yeah. in breakfast time when I was working. So any opportunity to support live music, it, it's something that I've been... them in there in that time oh, slot. Yeah. absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. It fueled this fire for me to support Australian and, you know, live music coming through the region. Like yeah. any time a band came through, I would be their front row centre. Yeah. And I wanted more people to go so more bands would come through. That's what I love about the regions, man. You always find that there's a champion somewhere in that town for the scene. Yeah. And the, you, making your events or making a band a success in that area really in a lot of cases, 
counts on that person getting behind what you're doing. That's exactly yeah. it. And look, if you can support music wherever you're listening from, whatever you're doing in life, you know, go see a live show, go yeah. buy a record, go. Your life's going to be better. It will absolutely. Your life will be made better. Yeah. And your life is going to be so much better now that we've got this podcast here where we're going to talk about some of the big things that happen through the week in music, yeah. not just here in Australia, but international as well. And have to say, Slipknot's return to the music scene yeah. is causing one of the biggest stirs, I would have to say, in heavy music this week. Yeah, because it's not just about the music either. I mean, let's not get right into it right now. Yeah, but, we'll save that for later on. it's not on. just about the music. The masks are causing a few... Yeah. Well, they're, 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 there's a lot of questions being asked. Who are some of the people yep. now in the band? And what's going on moving forward? You know, this is the next era of the band. So, yeah. look, we're going to talk about that in uh, you know depth a little bit later on. But right now, women are great. Especially women in music. I love them. They are fantastic, aren't they? You know, shout yeah. out to all our lovely ladies in the world and, and those closest, nearest and dearest to us, especially your wife. Yeah. Love her. She's great. She's amazing. <laughs> but like in Australia in particular, Brownie, I think in the last couple of years, I, I, I really think what we're seeing um, coming out of Australia is so, so strong in yeah. terms of not just, you know, females on vocals, but, you know, all of the musicians in the band as well. Like what we're seeing, it's not just that it's just popped up. They've always been there. There's yeah, that's always it. been yeah. a strong presence. But the output in the last couple of years has just been stellar. And three bands this week uh, from Australia have put out some amazing new tunes. Brownie, lead us off. Uh, look, there's so many to talk about. So let's just quickly jump into Brisbane band Wax. These guys have been in my eyesight since 2015. Big sound. Pricey took me under his wing at my very first big sound. Had no uh, idea what to expect. You snuck me somehow into the Oztix party and there was a band that jumped on stage and performed. And the minute they started screaming and playing, everyone in that party stopped, turned to the stage and focused on them for the 25 minutes yeah. they were playing. Yep. That band was Wax. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I got to chat with them last year at Good Things Festival. Yep. They turned heads there that day and getting to chat to them after their set was such a, a such a pleasure. Lovely, lovely human beings. Yeah. And they're doing amazing. And they put out their song, I Am, this week. Yeah. See, Maz DeVita, uh, the front woman, she's, she's come into her own. Like, over the years, I guess she's sort of been trying to find her feet and find out her purpose in the scene. And with that said, she's now become a voice and a vocal point for young women who, mm. you know, love this kind of music to sort of look up to. And someone at such a young age like Maz, to be able to have this ability to talk about these issues that are going on mm. in her life is just, it's a testament to her character and the band as well for getting behind her too. The I Am song really showcased not only her abilities but yeah, this was yeah. like the first one I guess you could say like a pop punk kind of style for the band yeah I've tried different yeah. things uh, but with that said she was very personal in her lyrics like you know saying things like she's only human and you know she mm. really is only human going through these issues but she puts that down on paper sings it to the crowd everyone feels something if you don't feel something you're listening to that band wrong agreed we also had eat your heart out drop their record yes. their full record on Friday fluorescence Talking about pop punk, um, Newcastle's putting out some great bands. Eat Your Heart Out, Trophy Eyes, yeah. Introvert. It just seems to be like a mecca for that kind of style and genre if you're from Newcastle. You yeah. know, gone are the days of, you know, being from Newcastle and wanting to be a grunge band like Silverchair back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Now it seems to be all about pop punk. And I'm glad that Eat Your Heart Out put out that debut album because we've been waiting yeah. for so long to see what they can do. And this was their first release of music on a debut album, essentially. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, Closer to the Sun. They dropped that on Thursday as well. Final taste just before the That's album dropped. Yeah. Closer to the sun. And the film clip that came with it, fantastic clip. Mate, there's not a word that you can say about them besides they're great. And they've just started going back to the States again. They've been playing over there a few for a few years now. That'd be 
Due to their connection with movements, I'm guessing. That's right, yep. yep. And um, they're signed to Fearless Records as well. Fearless, yep. yeah. So they've got the same kind of thing going on that Between You and Me have. So Between You and mm. Me, pop punk band from Melbourne, they've been making waves overseas. They're currently overseas playing the Slam Dunk Festival right ah. now. So and I guess you could say along the same lines as Trophy Eyes. You know, they've got yep. a following in the States. They start early and get to the point where essentially we'll see them pack their bags and we'll be crying at the airport because they're moving over to the States to go, you know, play shows left, right and centre. Yeah. And uh, and third, Ben, out of Australia this week, beautiful monument. Uh, One you and I, we've we've been champions of and we've been friends with yeah. for quite a while. The one gripe I've got with the beautiful monument oh, is... gripes? Yes. What? Is they know how to keep a secret. So they, <laughs> you, you know and I know that they've been holding onto this album information oh, yeah. since Big Sound last year. And not what? one slip. At all, <laughs> nothing, not like a, oh, stay tuned for this day or something's coming soon. They literally kept it to themselves until they announced it. The new album, I'm the Reaper, is coming out, I believe it's next month, June? Yeah, it is June. This is the follow-up to the last album, I'm the Sin. And fans of the band would recognise the lyrics. The lyric, I'm the Sin, on. I'm the Reaper. Yeah. yeah, from their song Sin. So it kind of is all connected in a way mm. that the albums do continue on. But with that said, we've seen these ladies grow from when I first met them mm. through you at Big Sound. They were just, I don't want to call them timid, but they're like very shy, very keep to themselves kind of girls. Yeah. Now they're just like blasting into the Kicking the, the door kind of, down. Yeah, making a name for themselves and pretty much saying that they're here to stay. So yeah. the new song... Shout out to Shelby too. Yeah, and Shel- like, oh, look, re- Shelby, former member, yeah, yeah, is just, you know, and still a part of the band. I went to go catch them at uh, Crowbar the other night and she she's there, there doing merch. Amazing. Yeah, which is great Amazing. that she's still connected. I love it. They, they have just such a great bond, not only with former members, but also with the fans as well yeah. too. And it was great to see the turnout that came out to go check them out give it a couple of years time they'll be playing bigger shows and it would just be you know fantastic to see them thrive and and get you know to the possibly the point where they're selling out national tours which yeah. would just be great and uh another band female yes but but not necessarily australian but uh they were here late last year for the very first time for the very first time uh baby metal dropped yeah their song elevator girl um, my love affection with Baby Metal has been going for a few years. Yeah. I, I loved Give Me Chocolate when it first came out because <laughs> it was different. There was yeah. nothing out there like it. And to me, it was just this stands out because it's fresh. It's yeah. different. I don't know what the fuck they're singing about. All I know is that there's chocolate involved and there's metal. And it's fun. It's great. That's it. That's what we need Shout more out to of. Lachlan Watt for being a massive champion for this band. Yep. If it wasn't in for a, him, in Australia, yeah. I can guarantee that you know we would not have seen them. So the new song, though, um, I do have some personal opinions. You've got some issues. I've loved their progression over the yeah. years. Uh, but the one thing I haven't jumped on yet, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. is the English being added to their I songs. I was going to say, is that is that potentially the issue here? That's yeah. it. Because it took me a couple of listens before I realised some of it was English. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you don't realise it because, you know, the, the, the Japanese singing that they've got is very fast and it's yes. cool, upbeat, funky, that kind of thing. And then they chuck English lyrics in there. And I guess, you know, for someone like you and I, they're very simplistic English lyrics. Yes. Do you want to go up? Do you want to go down? Cool. But essentially, that's what you do in an elevator. So, yeah. you know, that's probably why they did it. But with that said, you know, I, I like not knowing what they're saying, which then makes me research what they're saying and then get more involved with what the band has to offer. Or alternatively, you just go with how fun it is and, and not worry too much about what they're saying. Yeah. You could have that mentality. I mean, that's what everyone at Good Things Festival last year did. Yeah. Like the amount of people that turned out just to see them on stage and yeah. and just, I don't want to call it a gimmick because it's not no, a gimmick. No, 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 it's definitely not. It's metal with a poppy kind of Japanese aspect. It looks weird. It sounds weird, but on stage it's fucking brilliant. The musicians in that band are 
world class. They are, yeah. It's insane. They are phenomenal. So long live baby metal. Yeah, um, absolutely. Whether you like the song, whether you would prefer them to sing in Japanese, it all comes down to personal opinion. But with that said, this new album that they've got working on should be announced very soon. But until that point, let's just enjoy what they've got to offer. Absolutely. Talking about new albums, it's been a long decade. What were you doing in 2009, Pricey? 2009, I just moved to Brisbane. And, and now look at you, yeah. taking over the world, Aww. having... Mohawks and a fantastic beard, mind you. (laughs) Ten years ago, what was I doing? I was partying on the Gold Coast, not knowing what I was doing in life. Oh, lordy. But one thing I was doing back then was listening to Ramstein. Okay. Um, Once again, just like baby metal. If you had have asked me what I was doing in 1999, Oh, well, here we go. I would have said listening to Ramstein. The exact same thing. I don't know if you know, 1999, Ramstein were meant to play at Big Day Out and they actually pulled out. No, okay. Why was that? Do you remember? I can't remember. But they were meant to be here and then they ended up headlining or as one of the headliners at the 2001 Big Day Out. Right, okay. Yeah. So was that... And I was at that. Good, great. Oh man, I've seen them three, four times now. It's mind-blowing. Have you seen them? No. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's it's incredible. I'm that guy. There was one... I can't... It was, it was another big day out. It might have been 2010 or so. No, this was the one I was supposed to go to, but I just moved to Orange at right. that time. And I couldn't afford to get away from oh, it. No. It was, I think it might have been along the lines of 2011, possibly. Yeah, 2011 is more like it. it. Yeah. yeah. A mate of mine went and said, it, you know, he, he'd listened to Ramstein just on the side, yeah. but seeing their show, like, cemented him as a fan. There's one scene where, like, they torture the keyboard player through oh, the really? entire set. They made him play. He had a keyboard there, but... He was on a, a treadmill. Yep, the yep, entire. Yep. So oh, he had so to walk. He's walking in order to and they'd, make they'd sound. Up the or? speed or down, like yeah. turn the speed down. And they, so they tortured him through this entire Jesus. set. And then they basically dominatrixed him yeah, through yep, the yep, whole yep. thing. And then there was one where like they put him in a bathtub. And then it looked like they poured like molten steel on him. Yeah, yeah. And and then he like so it's, it's theater. Well, on this though, like, what what's your predictions for the future for a band like this? Could they come back and do a headline tour, or would it be more a safer option to chuck them on like a download festival or something like that to reintroduce them? I, I'd hate to speak for any of the festivals and say like, oh, I, I reckon they'll we'll see them there or anything like that. It's probably put a little too much pressure on any of the yeah, festivals. Yeah. But it's one of those ones that I think. It, it would absolutely pay to have them as the headliner of a festival. Give yeah. them an hour, uh, you know, or more, and and let them just see the night out. Let them do it, their shit. Yeah, essentially. yeah, yeah. Whoever that might be. You know, um, there's many options out there, and we don't want to put them. You can't exactly put a band like that into one category. Because no, there's so many different festivals that could cater I mean, to you a just band gotta look like at that. Their, their fan base, man. They've got what is it like eight million on yep, Facebook. Yep. Two and a half billion streams. They are pretty universal, man. There's they're, a want and need. And with, with that there are said, non-metal fans who are fans. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. little piece of uh, Till Lindemann trivia. Oh, here we go. Uh, Pub trivia. Yeah. Um, my wife, Emma, used to work at an airline. And when they were here for Big Day Out one year, probably that year, 2011, Till was just sitting in the, like, Area where you wait to before so not, you board. Not in the uh, the, the not no, the VIP, not the VIP the lounge, lounge or anything. No, he was just yep. sitting there. He was reading a book, but he must have been so engrossed in his book that he missed his call. So yeah, yeah. And like everyone else had boarded, and he just he must have been really engrossed because yeah. he just didn't even get up or move. And so uh, my wife had to go and say to him, "Oh, 
Hi, Mr. Linderman. Oh, so um, they're calling his name out as well. And yeah, yeah he's yeah. obviously missed And so she had to get him and escort him personally down to the, the plane, all that oh. sort of stuff. And he was very lovely. And Emma was sort of like, well, no one's ever going to believe that. No one ever, no one saw it. Because yeah. she just walked him down to the aero bridge and, and, no one and was spoke to him the whole yeah. time. No one, no one else saw it. So, well, that's and apparently he was very, very lovely. So well, that's, that's look, great news. It, it is, and, you know, for someone like that too, you know, it's that, that whole story of, you know, meeting your idols. Yeah. Is that going to be a situation of that going well? And Tim well, was worried that he was just going to be very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. But he's not. Because look, lovely. you look at the guy on stage and how he sounds, yeah. but, and then you look at the, the, the video for Deutschland and yeah. he just has all these different personas and you yeah. just think that maybe a little bit of each character is how he is in real life. Yeah, and that maybe. just kind of makes it, you know, the kind of guy you want to go up and give a big hug to because totally. he's just such a nice guy. So Ramstein are back. Uh, let us know what you think. Get in touch with us and tell us if you're loving that album. Uh, possibly the biggest news of the week. Yeah. Probably more than possibly, Brownie. It ha- would have to it be. Is, it is the number one trending video on YouTube this week. So beating the likes of Bieber and, and yeah. the other bloke. Or even just anything viral. Like yeah. this is... This is what people want to around see. Around the world, number one trending video on YouTube. Unsainted by Slipknot. They are back. This is the next era of the band. Nine members, one of which we don't know who that is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we lost Chris Fane. Yep, a, a very publicly ousting. And not not the first time this has happened in well, a band. Let's say a stoush. So he's out, and then we've got this horrific-looking mask on his replacement, I guess you could say. Yeah. But no word as to who it is. Did you read the theory that it's... Someone, someone put out there, it's actually just Corey himself? Oh, so dubbing another mask? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, he, he retweeted it and just put the crying, like crying laughing. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. So yeah. he highlighted it, but he also essentially Palmed shot it, off, it like, down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you look at his masks that he's got going on, and this is the thing that people have been waiting for. Like, anytime mm. you mention anything about I quite Slipknot, like it. It's like, well, this is, this is it. Like, it's dividing fans. I like it, you like it, but there's lots of people out there who have said progressively his masks have got worse over the years. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. No. I didn't particularly like that last one. I think this one allows him a little bit more. You can tell it's Corey. It allows a little bit more. He's probably made it with the purpose of being able to sing a lot easier in it. And to see. Because, you know, anyone listening to this, go to a Halloween party this year, wear a mask, and then see how long you last into the night before you take it off and how easy it is to get about what you're doing, having a drink, having something to eat. It's difficult. Then picture Corey Taylor, one of like the most Giving it everything on stage. On stage, running about, jumping left and right. You know, you want to be able to see. You would sweat so amazingly and shockingly in those masks. Yeah. So the thing that first came to me straight away was, yes, it's a clear-looking mask. He kind of looks like a plastic surgery victim who's had a, 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 an injury or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, like, there's gaping holes where his eyes and mouth are. So mm. the amount of wind I that would go through I think he's wearing some... I mean, in the film clip, at least, it looks like he's wearing contacts of some kind as well. It looks yeah. like his eyes are sort of blacked out and, or he's at least got makeup around the eyes that are more that's, blacked out yeah, and that sort of stuff there. as well. Yeah. So sort of getting him to the point where it may be a clear looking mask, but mm. he's using it to the best of his ability. Mm. Yeah, the he's ma- adding a lot of theatricality to it as well, yeah. The mask that got me was Sid's one. No, Sid, just, it just looks like a normal human face. Was that the one with the hood? That's the hood one, yeah. Yeah. But then, I wondered if there was a mask underneath that that just looks really realistic, or is that no, his that's, face? That's, that's his mask. That's it. it. Just like Corey's one. I mean, his, see his face is hidden in a lot of parts that's it. of it, yeah. But go back and have a look at this. Someone mentioned this to me. It looks like um, Emperor Palpatine. 
<laughs> and it, that to me, like the minute I saw that, I can't unsee it now. So yeah. now with the hood on, it's like, okay, well maybe he would be paying homage to that. You never know. You never know what they do with these masks because it's just such a big hype for them to be released. Yeah. And then when they're released, it's like, oh, well pick your favorite and you kind of need to. And then you've got the guitarists who are virtually unchanged. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of little different symbols in there, like minor changes. Yeah. But maybe they have found... Is the, is the mouth and chin cut out of that particular mask? Or was Jim it, Roots? Yeah. Was it whole before? I Oh, good question. Because I know he's got the beard, right? Yeah. Or is that Mick? I get them both mixed up. Yeah. Okay, so Mick Mick has the metal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then the yeah. other one's so, the, yeah, the Jim Root. Yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't remember whether... That's been sort of cut out more around his mouth. I think or not. it might have, yeah. Because yeah. in the past, I remember, I do remember it was there was it was covered down the bottom because yeah. his beard would hang out the bottom. Yes. So now because he's got the beard goatee thing, kind of like what you've got yeah. going at the moment, yeah. you need a place for you to, you to breathe because he does get quite stinky when you are running and you've got. And sweat. again, probably for practicality. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I mean, if you look at this, I mean, they've been around a good solid twenty five years. Yeah. And, and still going strong. Sure, there's a few people missing from the band, but with that said, the idea and mentality what is still What band hasn't there. changed their lineup? Exactly. Yes, yeah. but it still kind of in some way, shape or form holds true to what it was. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Blink fiasco soon before we wrap <laughs> things up. But um, okay, a new album is coming out August 9. It's called We Are Not Your Kind. It takes the lyrics from All Out Life. Uh, yes, the first, I was going to say. The first Brownie. not single. It's a standalone song, which didn't make the album. Oh, it's, oh, that's right. It didn't make the track listing. Yeah. Of course. But what a cracking song that was. Jeez, made the hardest this. 100. It did. It, and made, made the, the top, faction the hardest 100 10. of 2018. What number yes, it was. it was in the top 10. So it goes to show there is a want and need for Slipknot still, which is great. So we're going to wrap up the podcast today with a little thing that we call the mass debate. You heard that right. M-A-S-S. Debate. My lisp gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> and what better way to start it off with? It's a good one to kick off with, and it's relevant. It's lo- it's it's happening in the last couple. That's of That's right, and especially with the news this week coming out that Tom DeLonge did an interview where he said that he is open to the idea of rejoining Blink One Eight Two in the future. Okay. So hang on. Let's let's take one step back. Yeah. Before we get into that, Angels and Airwaves have and Blink One Eight Two. Yep. Released music very, very close to each other. Within two weeks. Within two weeks of each other. To the date. Which is better? Angels and Airwaves. Oh, 100%. I'm glad we agree on that. It's not much of a mass debate on that one. No, no, no. My opinion is like this. Tom DeLonge is just a fantastic songwriter. Um, His ability to put emotion into his lyrics, into his songs, relatability times 10, just, you know, the the guy is great in what he does. The song itself comes from a movie that he is making with his company, To The Stars. Um, You may have heard Rebel Girl sounding very similar to like an 80s kind of themed TV show, a la maybe even um, Stranger Things. So my, my theory is Stranger Times is the name of the movie. Right. My theory is that it's set around the 80s and it's got that kind of post-rock kind yeah, of style akin okay. to that of The Cure, bands yeah, like that, that okay. kind of thing. Whereas Blink-182 released um, Blame It On My Youth. And look... That relatability thing you said there before, yeah. uh, I think he's missed the mark there. Oh, hey, nice pun. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so, look, Blink are great. I, I still respect Blink and, you know, I, I've got past the whole idea of they've moved on without Tom and they've got Matt Skiba. Mm. Matt Skiba is great in Alkaline Trio. I don't know if they're using him to his full potential in Blink and I don't know who's to blame for that. But in saying that, my my gripe comes from Mark Hoppus's writing. This yeah. is a 42-year-old man who is still writing songs about 
issues that affected him 30 years ago or, you know, relatable songs for teenagers. I mean, to debate the other side of the coin, like, let, let me, and I don't particularly like the song, but let me, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. All right, let's do this. Is what he's saying there by bringing up those issues, those things that, like the, yes, there are things that he's remembering, but is what he's saying there, are these issues are timeless and they're relevant even to youth today? Is that what he's saying? My, my, my opinion of it is he's trying to relate it to the current youth. But in doing so, you're alienating the youth that have been listening to Blink since the 90s, since the 2000s. Like you have this band essentially that have grown with their fans. Your mm. fans have grown with this band and got to this point. Like I'm a father myself and I want to hear more songs about that. However, yeah. this is, they seem to be just taking elements of what's popular right now. Like you listen to the radio and then you listen to um, their, their latest song and you could fairly easily chuck it between an Ed Sheeran song or a Dean Lewis song. I mean, are we seeing that though? Is it actually penetrating I radio? I don't, I don't think, think it, it is. is. No, I think because of the situation, because people hear the name Blink-182 and they think, oh yeah, all the small things. All, yeah, it's like, all, all or, or we again. could just play all the small things. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because that's a song that's universally recognised and loved. However, when they try and do something different like this, I, I just feel like they've, they've failed in their delivery to who they're wanting to hear this song yeah because you're gonna have 40 year old men who you know were the same age as mark tom travis scott whoever else has been in the band listening to this going what is this like you know music tastes change over the years but this is just i don't know it, it seems to be like a cash grab for something that's popular right now with not enough heart and soul into it Line well up. i gotta tell you i mean i've been playing it on the faction here and there yeah i haven't added it to rotation mostly because one, it's probably on the lighter side of punk than what I would usually yeah. play. But two, there really hasn't been any real impetus. There's no one out there telling me, yo, you've, you've missed the boat on that one. You yeah, should be yeah. playing it. I haven't had people telling me they want it. Is I've it played it. It hasn't hit. And no one wants to hear it more. No one's like, that Blink song is great. Yeah. And look, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm still not like ripping into the band. I'm ripping into the song personally for my own opinions. You can like it. You can hate it. You can tell us what you think. But as I've stated, they have 40 songs prepared for this new album. However here's, many of those make the album. But then here's, here's the other side of the coin. Usually when you've got, when you've, you've smashed out 40 songs, usually the, the cutting down of those tracks down to what becomes the album yep. is done in, in partnership along with, your producers, label. management, yeah, label, correct, all that sort yeah. of stuff. Album's being produced by Pharrell. Wait, what? Is it? Isn't it? No, Feldy. John Feldman. Goldfinger. Pharrell features on it. Ah, oh, uh, okay. The Chainsmokers feature on it. Yeah, okay, see. Will it work? Will it not work? You look at... what Chainsmokers? No. Yeah, we can just bypass that completely <laughs> right now. But in saying that, let's go back uh, to the EP Dogs Eating Dogs by Blink-182. They did a song with Yellow Wolf and it worked. Pretty Little Girl, I have to say, is one of the best songs they've released after Neighbourhoods, yeah. before California. And there's But I mean, Yellow Wolf has a fairly hard edge to it. He does. You know, go see one of you his know, shows. He yeah. actually has a band playing. So That's it's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard yeah. edge. Like, there is actual passion and, and, and something more than just, like, a pop Drop sensibility. And and yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, 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 and looking and cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's, yeah. there's something of artistic value there, I think. And that's not to say that, you know... Pharrell, I quite like Pharrell, but it's... It's it's been a few years since Nerd, so, you know, maybe oh, he's man. not old. No, and... Nerd dropped something last year. It was terrible. Oh, did they? Lemon. Oh, oh 
Okay. Terrible. Well, there you go. I missed it. So, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not on that boat anymore. But do you know why that failed? Why? Because they, because I mean, Pharrell had just had a phenomenal solo record that he did that, and like, did the, that the set the world song, on fire. Happy, yeah. yeah, like set the world on fire, and then they bring him back, and it didn't feel like a nerd record. Yeah, it felt like a Pharrell record produced by which is when when Tom rejoined Blink after the first breakup. The Neighborhoods album sounded more like an Angels and Airwaves cross with a bit of Blink in there yeah. because it's hard to go from what you've just been doing for the past few years. To back to what it was back in the day, yeah. which you know is why I have hopes for this new Blink album. I hope they incorporate Matt Skiba's playing into it more. That yeah, that that kind of brings us full circle back to what we were talking about, like the someone saying you know Tom is open to rejoining. Yeah, would you prefer that Matt Skiba just gets like totally booted and it's just back to you know Mark, Tom, and Travis, or? Are we are we getting are we going to get a four piece Blink? Are we keeping him? Is he like the the yeah. the new stepdad of the band? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I have no doubt in my mind that old Blink is gone. Old Blink is dead. I've come to terms with that. Wow. I've 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 mourned. I've shed tears. I've had my down moments, and I've come full circle again. And I now believe that the only way Blink One Eight Two can continue on to regain the popularity success the respect of the fans is if they continue on as a four piece wow in saying that like don't you know send twitter ablaze right now blink fans hear me out you know if if anyone knows their shit it's me on this i would like to think (laughs) but like when you've got someone like tom who's dedicated to his company like there's no doubt in my mind that two to stars is now tom's thing so any music he creates has to be contractually for Angels and Airwaves. It has to be for all of these yeah, projects. Right. That's why he can't leave to go make a song with Blink-182. It has to be, you know, get all of these requirements out the way first. They may take the next 10 years or whatever it might be. Right. Afterwards, and then you can expect him back. And then he can come back. That's it. Right. So I know how contracts work and you can't do any additional work on the side. And that's exactly, in my opinion, what's going on right now. However, with that said, if he was to rejoin Blink as a four-piece, they can still continue as a three-piece touring with Matt Skiba, but without Tom DeLonge there. And then have situations where the crowd would sing Tom's parts or have Skiba singing Tom's parts, whatever it might be, kind of like what he's doing right now. What do you think? Get in touch with us and uh, let us know your thoughts on the future of Blink-182. Well, I think that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast, Yeah, we've been talking for a very long time and... um, Probably time to, you know, go have a glass of water and and go for a lay down. Yeah. I'm puffed. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Well, this has been Matter of Faction. Uh, This is the pilot episode, the number one. So, uh, yeah. It can only go up from here. It can only go up from here, yeah. 100%. (laughs) I'm Brownie. That's Pricey. Catch you next week. You've been listening to the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie.